Jean-Luc Godard once said that all you need to make a movie is a girl and a gun. Well, let me posit this to you, listeners. If Jean-Luc Godard was a fan of MMA, he would have said, all you need for a main event is two ranked bantamweights and a referee that will let it go. And my word, listeners, that is what we got on Saturday night. Hello, and welcome back to Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our uh, review of the Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yadong card. And if you can't hear it, it's because he's not here. Tom has left me. He's currently in Italy, uh, sending me pictures of the pizzas that he's eating. So I'll be flying solo, I'm afraid, today. We'll keep it short, we'll keep it sweet. And let's start with that main event. Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yudong. Bantamweight matchup going into it. Uh, Sandhagen coming with two losses, but to the top guys, Dillashaw, who's got... TJ Dillashaw, sorry, the uh, next challenger for Aljamain Sterling for the title, which is coming up in about three weeks. And a interim title fight in which he lost to Piotr Jan, so only losing to the top guys. But you had this feeling that if you went into this fight with Yudong and came out on the losing end of it, and trust me, you do not want to be on the losing end of Yudong, then uh, you would potentially fear that Sandhagen may drop further down the rankings and that climb back up to the top would be a lot harder. Well, listeners... I must say that Corey Sandhagen passed this test with flying colours, winning this fight by TKO at the end of the fourth round due to a doctor's stoppage, uh, due to the cut above Song Yudong's left eye. It was it was deep, it was bloody, and it was brutal. And it all came from an elbow that uh, Sandhagen landed in the second round. Let's go through this fight here. Um, I had it going into the fifth. I had Sandhagen up three rounds to one. I've seen that uh, one of the judges had it three rounds to one, and I had uh, another had it. T- uh, the other two had it two all going into the fifth. Uh, and frankly, I'm not too surprised at that. I thought Song Yudong um, acquitted himself very well here. You know, this was the biggest challenge of his career, and he came out pretty well, um, even if I did have Sandhagen starting to pull away and show that there are levels to this. You know, there are questions around Song um, due to the fact that how old he is. You know, he's 24 years old. Uh, we don't know what his ceiling is yet and, frankly, we shouldn't know what it is. But there is also the fact that Song Yudong has a record of that of a veteran who is in his mid-30s. Is his record is 19 wins and 7 losses. He's been fighting since he was 
16 years old, I believe. You know, he's, he's no longer than that. How old is he? Anyway, he's quite, he's a young man, but he's been fighting for nearly 11 years now. I think he started when he was 15, actually. Anyway, um, but what we saw in this fight was, from Song, was that he has undeniable power at bantamweight, but probably doesn't have the ring craft of someone like Sandhagen. I mean, we saw it in this fight that Sandhagen's power was really not much of a problem for Yadong. He managed to eat the shots quite well, roll with them, but it was just the accumulation of damage that came from them that was the undoing of him. I mean, that's, he hit two stepping elbows, uh, Sandhagen, sort of coming in to uh, throw a straight and was uh, a lot closer than a straight would have landed, so he threw the uh, left elbow up and it sort of crunched Yudong to the head. Um, but we'll start off with round one. Uh, Song really had the most um, impactful moment with a big left hook, uh, which sort of rocked Sandhagen. And it was kind of, this is, not many people have, like, properly crack Sandhagen. It tends to, off like, particularly a single shot, which is what Yudong did, it tends to be at the end of a combination. That's what Pyotr Yan managed to do. It was sort of catching Sandhagen in between movements. But here, Yudong just cracked him and sent Sandhagen flying. Um, and what was strange about this was that Sandhagen demonstrated that he was going to go for a takedown um, heavy approach early in the fight. Uh, it was unsuccessful with every single takedown he he attempted, apart from the one in the fourth round. I think he was one for nine for takedowns. Um, he was unsuccessful, but the plan there was obviously to drain Song with the takedowns of, like, he's having to defend them, he's having to sprawl, and um, he's having to, like, start thinking about, oh, is this takedown coming? Which would then open up striking possibilities for Sandhagen. He had that sort of jump knee that he kept kind of spamming it in the end, Sandhagen. It wasn't wasn't really landing for him again until later in the fight when, you know, Song was starting to think about those takedowns. Is it going to come? I'm starting to get tired. I can't keep stopping these. You know, I can't keep sprawling at this sort of high intensity and high impact level of takedowns. But yeah, I gave that first round to Song mainly for that big shot that rocked Sandhagen. But Sandhagen clearly had a lot more variety on the feet. And we saw this through the fight was... Sandhagen fainting one way and exiting out the other to get away from Song's power sh shots, you know, so that his straight was having to come from such a long distance that he wasn't going to be able to land it. And also tiring Song out because he's having to sort of chase Sandhagen. He did manage to get him up against the fence at times, and that's when he was unloading. And there were a few tight exchanges in the pockets, but you know, and he did crack him again in the second, but that was when Sandhagen started to take over. He was it was his movement was starting to get Song to start rushing his shots. He was rushing into his combinations, and really that was when Sandhagen started to really style on Song. Um, I mean, you know, Song was even on the failed takedown. Song was doing well. He was landing and throwing big hooks, a sort of like punishment at the break. So. Sandhagen would go for a takedown, Song would sort of get the underhooks, pull Sandhagen up, then they'd break on the clinch, and on the break, Song would be throwing hooks. It's coming off the fence, it's coming off when his feet are sort of flat and sort of squared up, so it's not really going to have that sort of push through. It's not going to have that power on those hooks that you really want. Um, 
and you could see that he was starting to tire, his hands were starting to drop, and then Sandhagen would start jabbing, one, two. I mean, Sandhagen hit a wonderful uh, combination in the fourth. You know, he hit a one, one, two, and then as he's coming back, a song starts to uh, come in, Sandhagen jabs, faints to go one way and exits out the other. And you saw that repeatedly then in rounds three and four, where Sandhagen really took over, and you could see the frustration with Song. You could see that he was starting to really struggle with him. The cut obviously didn't help, the blood going into the eye. Doctor calls it off in the fourth round. Kind of called it off, but not really. Him and Herb Dean. Um, Herb, not always the most um, authoritative (laughs) referee, which gets people in trouble from time to time. But Sandhagen gets the TKO win, uh, very impressively, he moves up in the rankings now to fourth, I believe. Um, and that sets him up there for two clear matchups. Uh, it's either the Marlon Vera fight or the Marab Devashvili fight. And what would be interesting about that, either of those matchups, is the Vera one would be interesting because Vera is a slow starter and Sandhagen has said he wants to have main events because he feels like five rounds would demonstrate his pacing a lot better and I couldn't imagine how slow that first round or two would be for Sandhagen and Vera if that is the approach I mean I think Sandhagen should be fighting in main events I think if you are a contender you should be fighting in main events which is something Marab Devashvili has not done so that could be an interesting matchup because everyone talks about Devashvili's cardio We've not seen it in five rounds. We've not seen him go the distance. And if he's going to demonstrate that, then a main event against someone like Sandhagen would be ideal. Personally, I'd rather have it be, you know, Sandhagen-Vera. That sounds a much more exciting prospect for me, just in terms of the striking uh, matchups. But, you know, not for me to decide. Uh, As for Song, take a bit of time off, pal, because that was um, quite a bit, quite the cuts. Um, above the eye Um, I mean there's a lot of options for him now I think he's demonstrated he is nearly there in terms of those top guys in the UFC bantamweight division but you know 24 years old and there's uh, he's he's been in he's been in some scraps let me just say like he's he's been in some I don't know he's, he's taken some lumps his old song and I don't know if that's uh, necessarily the best career move for him, maybe a more sort of minimalist approach in the way that Vera fights might be better for Song. But Song does like charging forward. He does make for exciting fights. And this was an excellent, excellent fight for as long as it lasted. It would have been nice to have got that fifth round, but really that cut, whilst not the worst of the night, was particularly bad. Um, let's then move on. Oh, hold on, I haven't given Song a match-up here. How rude of me. Um, I don't know, I feel like maybe someone like Jack Shaw would be a good one. Song Yudong versus Jack Shaw. That sounds good, doesn't it? Let's go with that. Song Yudong versus Jack Shaw. Right, let's go through the rest of this card. Let's just say, good card. Co-main event uh, was (laughs) a stonker between... Gregory Robocop Rodriguez and Chidi Njokwani. Uh, Njokwani won the first round for me. Um, lovely front kicks to the body, nice to the uh, head, but then the significant moment a knee that hits Rodriguez on the nose, cutting him, 
as he uh, goes for a takedown. It was just a beautiful intercepting knee from Njokwani. Cut open Rodriguez, and you could see the skin start to droop down the nose from where the cut was. It was horrible. There's a horrendous picture out there that I will not be sharing of uh, Rodriguez getting stitched up later. Um, but he was stitched up as the winner. He broke Njokwani. He broke him. He went in there in that second round and put it on him. Dropped him. Um, no, he dropped him in the first. Sorry, my mistake. Dropped in Jaquani. Uh, he threw this big right hand, which sort of paused in Jaquani of like, oh, damn. And he immediately threw another one, which sent in Jaquani flying, uh, sat up against the cage, bit of ground and pound. I gave in Jaquani the first round due to that knee, due to the elbows in the clinch. But Robocop, second round, he turned it around at the end of the first, and in the second round, Writing was on the wall once he saw Njokwani start to cover up. Goes to the ground. He got thrown to the ground. He got a... Uh, Robocop had a underhook and he just sort of like threw him down. Ground and pounded him out. And it seemed like Njokwani wanted to get out of there. Which the referee happily obliged. Uh, Rodriguez with a TKO via ground and pound. This guy, he owns. Okay? He owns massively. I'd love to see him get like a really fun middleweight matchup. Um... I mean, heck, why don't we rank this guy? Um, actually, I'll see if he has been uh, ranked in a moment. But listen, there's a lot of fun matchups for him at middleweight. Maybe we could give him, you know, one of those sitting ducks at middleweight. You know, I'm looking at you, Kelvin Gastelum. You know, Brad Tavares. Oof. Banger Central. Uh, has he entered the rankings? No, he hasn't. Oh, Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis versus Robocop? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds good to me. Chris Curtis versus Robocop is the fight to make. As for Njokwani, chill out a bit, bro. You know what I mean? Refine those skills and come back a better, stronger man. Uh, rest of this card, let's just go through it uh, quickly. Andre Feely defeats Bill Algio by split decision. I don't know how that was a split decision. Feely quite clearly won uh, rounds um, one and three. Algio winning the second. Um, Feely looked good. Feely looked good. It's quite funny now how they're uh, calling him a veteran. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite interesting to see that turn of like, oh, hot prospect to veteran, in which uh, Feely has definitely made that turn. Clear decision win for me for Feely. Don't see how anyone could have given Algio either the first or the third. But someone did. Right. This was this was in a hell of a performance. Joseph Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, sorry. Defeats Alan Amadovsky by knockout. Beautiful, beautiful combination. Beautiful combination. Left hook. Sorry. Let me start again. Left uppercut which is kind of more of a feint. He did throw it, but it was kind of a feint. that got Amadovsky going backwards, dropped his hand slightly, followed by a oh, monstrous right hand behind it. Amadovsky falls down. Pfeiffer stands above him. Referee's running in. Pfeiffer doesn't know where to throw the other shot. He does. Wasn't really needed. Um, but let's go back to that combo. Left uppercut, right straight. Oh, splooge. Lovely stuff from Pfeiffer, who, um, yeah, nice... Nice debut win um, in the promotion coming off the Contenders series. Excited to see what he's got next. Give him another nice little striking com- striking battle, perhaps, um, to get him going further into the UFC. 
Uh, next up, we had Roger, Roger, Rodrigo, sorry, Nascimento defeating Tanabosa by split decision. It was heavyweight slop. It was whatever. I had it by Nascimento by decision. Hey ho. And this was nice. Opening. Uh, opening the main card, you had Anthony Hernandez uh, winning by arm triangle uh, choke against Mark Andre Barrio. I mean, Hernandez just big brothered him, threw him around, takedowns over and over and over again. Barrio, who's got submission wins, just had nothing for Hernandez on the ground. And he gets the arm triangle sub. Normally, you need to sort of get out of half guard, but he had it in half guard and just sort of squeezed from there. And what was interesting was that instead of getting out of half guard and then moving away, moving his body away to get that sort of pressure in from there. Instead, Hernandez turned his right hip into Barrio to create that pressure and uh, put him to sleep. Incredible performance from Hernandez, who, um, yeah, I'd like to see a bit more of. Uh, I'd like to see him get, again, another middleweight matchup. There's some guys out there that could be uh, could be fun out there, you know. Who could he fight that'd be good? Nice win for him. Maybe like a Jotko, you know. Chris Curtis, again. I'm feeding Curtis to the Wolves. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't mean to do this to you. Right. That was the card. It was fun. What else can I say? But let's go to the news here. The all-important news. Jose Aldo retires from mixed martial arts. Me and Tom had talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Tom thinks that he should have continued. He was a couple of fights away from a title fight, and I was kind of more with the opinion, like, yeah, give him one more fight in Brazil and then he should retire. Well, he didn't even get that far. Jose Aldo retires. For me, the greatest featherweight of all time. One of the absolute greats of all time as well. Had a career uh, revitalizing run at Bantamweight. But you know, the most significant moment for him is obviously the undefeated run from 2006 to uh, 2015. Um, became the WEC featherweight champion, which then merged with the UFC and became the UFC featherweight champion. There's not, I don't really want to talk about this too much because I want to wait until Tom's back to really go into this. But it is the right decision. I know that Tom will contest this. And... I welcome that, obviously. But I'll put it to you like this. Jose Aldo is still really good. Do we want to see him take that turn into, ah, uh, I remember when this guy was really good. And I'll be honest, I don't. And I think that that is quite close to happening, particularly in the bantamweight division. It was never going to get easier for him. You know, he's always going to be at the top end of the division. And then once he starts getting those losses, you know, you start to worry then of like, oh, is he going to be fed to these guys? I just don't want to see that. I know that that is how the sport works and how combat sport works in general, but it doesn't need to happen here. We don't need to see that. Let's, you know, celebrate Aldo. Let's celebrate what this guy did in his career. And that's what we've seen. He's retired and there's been a complete outpouring of celebration, really, of this guy was so good. This guy was one of the greats. You know, at his best, he was probably the best fighter in the world. And, you know, I, I think that that's what we should savour and enjoy. 
and you know not really there's nothing really to pine here you know we're not yeah he could make that run at the bantamweight title again but chances are he's not going to get there like realistically and I don't I don't see him get knocked out I don't see him get brutally finished by guys you know and he's getting to that age where it's probably going to happen he's been a pro for god when did he turn pro turned pro in 2004 coming up to 18 years as a pro it's not worth it it's really really not worth it um yeah jose aldo retires greatest featherweight of all time on my top five fighters of all time love jose aldo just wish he threw some calf kicks at the end oh my god Anyway, listeners, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'll probably be back next week to talk about that Dern Yarn card. I'll try and find something in there for you. I'll find some nuggets of joy for us to talk about. Um, If you want to contact us, contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com. My name is Joe Greenwood. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll be back next week. Goodbye.